You are now listening to Unsolved Mysteries and Cold Cases. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, your guide into the shadowy depths of the unresolved, the enigmatic, and the chilling. Each episode, we'll delve into baffling disappearances, unsolved crimes, and tales that have slipped through the cracks of time and memory. Through interviews, expert analysis, and meticulous investigation, we'll attempt to piece together the puzzles that have perplexed minds for years. So, if you have a curious heart and a mind unafraid of the shadows, join me in unraveling the enigmas that refuse to be forgotten and give voice to the silent tales hidden within the folds of history. On a cold morning in January 1947, a horrifying discovery was made in the then-peaceful neighborhood of Limert Park, Los Angeles. The dismembered body of a woman, later identified as 22-year-old Elizabeth Short, was found mutilated in an open lot. The brutality of the crime was chilling, shocking the nation to its core. And yet, the terror did not end with the gruesome details of the crime itself. The mystery that followed would lead to an enduring enigma that has captivated the public and confounded investigators for decades, earning its place as one of the most infamous unsolved cases in American history. This is the story of the Black Dahlia murder. Elizabeth Short was a Massachusetts-born woman who had moved to California in pursuit of fame and fortune. Her life was cut brutally short in its prime, marking an abrupt end to her Hollywood dreams. The murder, grisly and grotesque, would have been horrifying enough in its own right. However, the twists and turns that followed, the dead ends, the colorful cast of suspects, and the media frenzy that surrounded the investigation cast an eerie light on the case, turning it into an enigma that seemed to defy resolution. The media's fascination with the case was immediate and intense, branding Elizabeth Short as the Black Dahlia, a moniker that seemed to capture the lurid allure of the case, drawing from a popular film noir of the era. The press, in their relentless pursuit of sensational headlines, would go on to play a significant role in shaping public perception of the case, for better or worse. As we delve into the Black Dahlia murder case, we unravel the elements that contribute to this haunting mystery, the myriad of suspects, the distinct characteristics of the crime scene, the persistent theories, and the ceaseless pursuit of justice. Throughout our journey, we explore the developments that have kept the case alive and continue to intrigue crime enthusiasts around the world. Welcome to the dark and twisted world of the Black Dahlia. Chapter 1 The Introduction to the Enigma In the early hours of January 15, 1947, the serene ambience of Limer Park, a quaint Los Angeles neighborhood, was shattered by a horrifying discovery. Mrs. Betty Berzinger, out for a morning walk with her daughter, thought she'd stumbled upon a discarded mannequin. The body was so pale, so eerily still, that the mother brushed it off as some macabre prank. Upon a closer look, however, the horrible truth became apparent. What lay in the dew-dusted grass wasn't a mannequin, but the bisected body of a young woman. The victim was Elizabeth Short, a 22-year-old with raven hair and a dream to make it big in Hollywood. Her life was brutally snuffed out, and the manner of her demise was as chilling as it was perplexing. Elizabeth wasn't just murdered, she was mutilated, her body severed at the waist and drained entirely of blood. The corners of her mouth were slashed, 
giving her a grotesque, grimacing appearance, an unsettling imitation of a smile. This gruesome tableau was later termed the Glasgow Smile or Dahlia Smile, further deepening the aura of mystery surrounding the case. Upon discovery, the news spread like wildfire, rapidly consuming the city of Los Angeles and soon the entire nation. The murder was not merely a shocking act of brutality, it was a brazen display of audacity by a killer who seemed to revel in the horror they'd orchestrated. The crime scene bore no traces of blood, suggesting that Elizabeth had been killed and mutilated elsewhere and her body carefully cleaned before being left on display. This level of calculation and meticulousness sent waves of unease throughout the community and law enforcement. Elizabeth's identity remained unknown for a day after her discovery, intensifying the sense of mystery around the case. When her identity was finally revealed, Elizabeth Short transformed from an anonymous victim to a haunting figure of intrigue. The transformation, however, was not without its sensationalism, courtesy of the press, that painted Elizabeth Short as the Black Dahlia, a woman of mystery with a tragic end. This carefully crafted narrative captured the public's imagination, setting the stage for what was to become one of the most notorious unsolved cases in the annals of American crime history. The shrouded enigma of the Black Dahlia had taken root, and it would continue to grow and evolve in the years to come, drawing countless detectives, amateur sleuths, and crime aficionados into its complicated web. Born on July 29, 1924, in Hyde Park, Massachusetts, Elizabeth Short was the third of five daughters in the family. Her father, Cleo, was a man who chased after financial success, while her mother, Phoebe, was a homemaker. Their lives turned upside down when the Great Depression swept through America, leaving Cleo's business in ruins. Presumed dead after his car was found deserted near a bridge, Cleo left his family in a sea of uncertainty. Phoebe, left to fend for her five daughters alone, strived hard to make ends meet. Elizabeth, known as Betty to friends and family, spent much of her adolescence helping her mother and sisters navigate through their challenging circumstances. Despite the harsh realities of their life, Elizabeth never lost her spirit. Friends remembered her as vibrant and full of life, always dreaming of bigger and better things. In 1943, Elizabeth received a letter that would dramatically change her life's trajectory. Her father, Cleo, was not dead but living in California, having started a new life after abandoning his family during the Depression. A chance to escape her dismal reality beckoned, and Elizabeth, barely 19, moved to Vallejo to live with her father. But California was not the land of opportunity she'd hoped for. Tensions arose between Elizabeth and her estranged father, culminating in her leaving his home. Over the next few years, Elizabeth would lead a transient lifestyle, hopping from job to job, city to city, seeking her fortune. Friends said she had set her sights on Hollywood, dreaming of becoming a movie star. Elizabeth was known for her striking looks, her dark hair, fair complexion, and vibrant green eyes made her stand out. She was not just another face in the crowd. But the glamour and allure often ascribed to her in later stories were somewhat embellished. In reality, Elizabeth was struggling, moving between menial jobs and often relying on the kindness of friends for a place to stay.
The dream of Hollywood stardom remained elusive, but it did not deter Elizabeth. She held on to the hope of being discovered, like many young women of her time. Little did she know, her fame would come not from her life, but from her death. In an ironic twist of fate, Elizabeth Short would become famous, not as a Hollywood starlet, but as the Black Dahlia, a tragic figure in one of the most notorious unsolved murder cases in America. In the wake of Elizabeth Short's gruesome murder, a frenzy swept through the media outlets, fueled by the shocking details of the crime and the mysterious persona of the victim. The press played a pivotal role in shaping the narrative surrounding the case, transforming Elizabeth Short's tragic death into a riveting crime saga that gripped the nation. At the forefront of this media storm was the Los Angeles Examiner, under the savvy leadership of its editor, James Richardson. A veteran of yellow journalism, Richardson knew all too well the allure of sensational stories and scandalous headlines. When the Black Dahlia case landed on his desk, he recognized it for what it was, a sensation waiting to be ignited. First, they had to give the victim a name that would pique the public interest. Borrowing from a recent noir film, The Blue Dahlia, the media dubbed the victim the Black Dahlia, an alluring name that painted an image of a femme fatale, captivating and mysterious. Elizabeth Short's life was sensationalized, her past painted with a broad brush of scandal and intrigue, far removed from the realities of her life as a struggling waitress with Hollywood dreams. The examiner took the sensationalism a step further, reaching out to Elizabeth's mother, Phoebe Short, under the pretense of a beauty contest win for her daughter. After extracting details about Elizabeth's life, the journalists dropped the bombshell of her horrifying murder. The move, though ethically questionable, fed into the media narrative being woven around the Black Dahlia case. Once the story was out, it spread like a wildfire. From the front pages of local newspapers to the national press, the story of the Black Dahlia murder was on everyone's lips. The sensational coverage not only heightened the public's interest but also added layers of intrigue and speculation to an already convoluted case. Rumors, whispers, and theories multiplied, casting a wide net of suspicion that included Hollywood elites, medical professionals, and the underworld mafia. The media explosion surrounding the Black Dahlia case turned it into a spectacle, a real-life crime drama unfolding before the public's eyes. Elizabeth Short was no longer just a victim, she had become a character in a grisly tale of murder and mystery. This fascination would outlive the initial media frenzy, leaving an enduring legacy that continues to captivate true crime enthusiasts to this day. Despite the morbid origins of her fame, the Black Dahlia has become a timeless symbol of one of America's most engrossing unsolved mysteries. Chapter 2 The Elements of the Mystery On that fateful day of January 15, 1947, a typical morning stroll took a horrific turn for Betty Berzinger and her three-year-old daughter. The mundane sight of everyday Los Angeles, the manicured lawns, white picket fences, and palm trees, was shattered by a sight that still haunts the city's memory. Lying in the grass was what Betty first mistook for a discarded mannequin. Its two halves were separate, a bizarre spectacle that would have been laughable if not for the grim reality. As Betty drew closer, her heart pounded in her chest, 
the horrifying realization hitting her with the force of a freight train. The mannequin was a human body, pale from blood loss, its bisected halves positioned carefully. Betty rushed to a nearby house, her mind reeling, her pulse throbbing in her ears. The residents were understandably shaken, but they managed to call the police. Within minutes, officers Frank Perkins and Will Fitzgerald were on the scene, taking in the macabre sight that awaited them. Even these hardened policemen felt their stomachs churn at the brutality of the scene. It was unlike anything they had seen before. Word of the discovery traveled fast, bringing reporters, photographers, and curious bystanders to the scene. In the confusion, a reporter from the Los Angeles Examiner managed to snap a picture of the gruesome scene, a photo that would go on to shock the nation and forever imprint the Black Dahlia murder in the annals of American crime history. As investigators descended upon the scene, they were puzzled by the lack of blood despite the grisly state of the body. It was clear to them that the young woman had been murdered elsewhere and then transported to the location, a fact that only added to the chilling nature of the crime. Elizabeth Short had met her end in a horrifying manner, her body discarded without remorse. Yet, in the face of such brutality, her face bore an eerie serenity, a gruesome contrast to the violence inflicted upon her. The story of the Black Dahlia murder began with a grisly discovery in the heart of Los Angeles. It was a crime scene that defied belief, chilling in its savagery and meticulous in its execution. From this moment, the investigation into one of America's most notorious unsolved murders was set into motion, casting a long and dark shadow that still hangs over the city of Angels. At first glance, the crime scene seemed simple enough, a body, bisected and discarded. But as the investigators began to unravel the details, they found themselves walking into a labyrinth of enigmas. The pristine nature of the crime scene and the deliberate positioning of the body suggested a level of forethought and precision that baffled the seasoned detectives. The lead investigator, Detective Sergeant Harry Hansen, was no stranger to the seedy underbelly of Los Angeles. He'd seen his share of violent crime, but this was different. The careful arrangement of Elizabeth's body, placed in an obscene, almost theatrical pose, was deeply unsettling. Her hands were placed over her head, her elbows bent at right angles. Her lower half was positioned a foot away from the upper, and her legs were spread apart. It was as if the killer was staging a macabre spectacle for all to see. Adding to the disturbing nature of the crime was the state of Elizabeth's body. Her mouth was slashed into a chilling grin, the cuts extending from the corners of her lips to her ears. Her body was drained of blood, her skin a ghostly white in contrast to her dark hair. The investigators also noted rope marks on her wrists, ankles, and neck, suggesting that she had been tortured before her death. Despite the obvious brutality, there were no signs of a struggle at the location where her body was found. Compounding the mystery were the surgical precision with which Elizabeth's body was bisected and the absence of blood at the scene. The lack of blood indicated that Elizabeth was killed elsewhere, and her body was transported post-mortem to the location where she was found. This level of calculated ruthlessness sent chills down the spine of even the most hardened detective. 
the investigators were faced with a crime scene that was as perplexing as it was brutal. The killer had not only committed a horrifying act of violence, but had also done so with a chilling degree of meticulousness and detachment. This wasn't just a murder, it was a carefully orchestrated act of terror. The stage was set, and the city of Los Angeles was now a captive audience in this grisly theater of the macabre. All eyes turned to the haunting spectacle of the Black Dahlia murder. In the days leading up to her tragic demise, Elizabeth Short's life was anything but glamorous. Her dreams of Hollywood stardom were still just that, dreams. She was struggling to make ends meet, moving from job to job, living in rented rooms and often relying on the kindness of acquaintances. The last person known to have seen Elizabeth alive was Robert Red Manley, a 25-year-old salesman and acquaintance. He claimed to have picked her up in San Diego, where she'd been staying, and driven her back to Los Angeles. According to Manley, they spent the night of January 8 at the Biltmore Hotel. He had plans to return to his family in Huntington Park, while Elizabeth told him she was meeting her sister at the hotel. Manley last saw Elizabeth in the hotel lobby, apparently waiting for someone. When he left the Biltmore that evening, he had no idea it would be the last time anyone reported seeing Elizabeth Short alive. He was later cleared as a suspect, his alibi solid and his cooperation with the police thorough. The six days between when Manley last saw Elizabeth and when her body was discovered remain a murky mystery. Despite extensive investigations, police were unable to piece together Elizabeth's movements during this period. Where was she? Who was she with? What happened in those last fateful days that led her into the path of a ruthless killer? One theory suggests that Elizabeth may have been kept captive during these days, tortured and ultimately killed. The rope marks on her wrists and ankles, her mutilated body, and the brutal nature of her death all point to a horrifying end. The last days of the Black Dahlia remained shrouded in mystery. Elizabeth Short, a young woman with dreams bigger than her reality, was thrust into the limelight not for her talent or beauty, but as a victim of a grisly, sensational crime. Her final days, like so much of her life, were marked by an unfortunate twist of fate that saw her dreams of fame come true in the most horrific way imaginable. Chapter 3 Factors That Fueled the Intrigue the relationship between the press and the police in the Black Dahlia case was a complex dance of information and influence. As the gruesome details of Elizabeth Short's murder became public knowledge, the press seized upon the story, molding and shaping it into a sensational narrative that gripped the nation. The Los Angeles Examiner played a particularly instrumental role in this spectacle. Under the guidance of editor James Richardson, the newspaper set the tone for the media's handling of the case. Sensational headlines, scandalous details, and speculative theories became the norm, blurring the line between fact and fiction. One of the most controversial tactics employed by the examiner involved the handling of Elizabeth Short's personal belongings. The newspaper got hold of her address book and other personal items, given to them by the police for safekeeping. Rather than return them to her family or use them solely for investigative purposes, the examiner chose to publish excerpts, presenting a voyeuristic look into Elizabeth's life. 
It was a move that garnered significant criticism for its blatant disregard for the victim's privacy, but it also fed the public's morbid curiosity, keeping the Black Dahlia story firmly in the headlines. But the media's power wasn't limited to simply shaping public opinion. It also had a direct influence on the investigation itself. As the press churned out sensational stories and the public clamored for answers, the pressure mounted on the police to solve the case quickly. This urgency, coupled with the high-profile nature of the case, led to a series of false confessions and dead-end leads, further complicating the already convoluted investigation. The press's influence in the Black Dahlia case demonstrated the immense power media can wield, not just in shaping public perception but also in affecting the course of a criminal investigation. As the press turned the tragic murder of Elizabeth Short into a media circus, it highlighted the inherent tension between the pursuit of truth and the lure of sensationalism, a dynamic that continues to be relevant in our current media landscape. The investigation into Elizabeth Short's murder was one of the largest in L.A. history. Yet, with all hands on deck, detectives found themselves navigating through a maze of red herrings, false confessions, and dead-end leads. Over the years, the list of suspects grew into the hundreds, with figures from every walk of life landing in the crosshairs of the investigation. One of the early suspects was Robert Red Manley, the last known person to have seen Elizabeth alive. However, despite some initial suspicion, Manley's solid alibi and willingness to undergo lie detector tests soon cleared him from the list of potential culprits. Another suspect who attracted significant attention was Dr. George Hodel. His son, Steve Hodel, a retired LAPD homicide detective, made headlines years later when he claimed his father was the Black Dahlia killer. He pointed to a photo resembling Short in his father's photo album and his father's medical knowledge, which might explain the surgical precision with which Short's body was bisected. However, despite these claims, no definitive proof was found to link Dr. Hodel to the crime. An even more eccentric suspect was Jack Anderson Wilson, a part-time auto worker and writer. He was linked to the case in the 1980s by an aging private detective named William Rasmussen, who claimed Wilson admitted involvement shortly before dying in a fire. Despite Rasmussen's persistent claims, the proof to substantiate the accusation was never found. The most bizarre aspect of the Black Dahlia investigation was the influx of false confessions. Over 500 people claimed responsibility for the murder, driven by a perverse desire for fame or, in some cases, a disturbed mental state. Each of these confessions had to be investigated, diverting valuable resources and time from the investigation. The investigation into the Black Dahlia murder was plagued by a parade of suspects, each more dubious than the last. Despite the efforts of the investigators, none of these leads brought them any closer to finding Elizabeth Short's killer. The mystery person who committed this horrifying crime managed to evade justice, blending into the backdrop of post-war Los Angeles and leaving behind a legacy of questions that remain unanswered to this day. The story of the Black Dahlia embodies the dark underbelly of Hollywood's glitz and glamour. In this world, dreamers like Elizabeth Short, drawn to the city's shimmering promise of fame and fortune, often found themselves caught in a web of harsh realities. 
Beneath the veneer of stardom, an undercurrent of vulnerability ran deep, setting the stage for tragic tales like Elizabeth's. At its heart, the Black Dahlia case represented the juxtaposition of Hollywood's glossy facade and its grim realities. On one hand, Elizabeth Short was a dreamer seeking stardom. On the other hand, her tragic end shone a light on the harsh realities that often lurked behind Hollywood's glittering promise. Short wasn't alone in her plight. The Hollywood of the 1940s was a place where countless young women, armed with dreams and ambitions, found themselves facing exploitation, rejection, and, in some cases, danger. This harsh reality was seldom discussed, glossed over by the bright lights of the silver screen. Indeed, the darker side of Hollywood served as the backdrop for this horrific crime. The lurid tales that circulated about Elizabeth's personal life, her supposed affairs with married men, her nights spent in cocktail bars, were a reflection of the murky world that often lay hidden behind Hollywood's glamorous exterior. Furthermore, some of the theories around Elizabeth's death further exemplify Hollywood's dark side. One such theory suggested that her killer was someone from Hollywood's upper echelons, a person skilled with surgical tools and with a knowledge of anatomy. While this theory has never been proven, it added another layer of intrigue and horror to the already sensational story, reinforcing the notion of a hidden, sinister Hollywood beneath the glamorous surface. The Black Dahlia case laid bare the dangerous intersection of dreams and despair in Hollywood. It presented a chilling reminder that behind the star-studded glamour often lurked a world of struggle, heartbreak, and, at times, unspeakable horror. As such, the story of Elizabeth Short serves as a dark symbol of the hidden perils of Hollywood's allure. Chapter 4 The Web of Theories The grim precision that marked the nature of Elizabeth Short's murder has long been a topic of speculation among those who have attempted to decipher the Black Dahlia case. One theory that has emerged involves the potential involvement of a medical professional in the horrific crime. This hypothesis originates from the manner in which Short's body was bisected. The neatness of the cut, dividing her torso at the waist, suggested knowledge of human anatomy, a skill associated with medical professionals. The absence of hesitation marks and the clean, almost surgical precision pointed to someone familiar with dissection techniques. Even more damning was the complete draining of blood from the body, a feat that would require a level of expertise beyond that of the average person. One name that is frequently associated with this theory is Dr. George Hodel. As earlier mentioned, his son Steve Hodel, a former LAPD homicide detective, has gone on record claiming that his father, a Los Angeles physician, was the killer. Besides the photograph that bore a striking resemblance to Elizabeth and his father's medical knowledge, Steve Hodel also highlighted suspicious entries in his father's journals and even brought sniffer dogs to his childhood home, where the dogs allegedly detected the scent of human decomposition. Despite the compelling nature of these claims, concrete evidence linking Dr. Hodel to the crime has been elusive. His medical background the circumstantial evidence provided by his son, and the chilling possibility that a trusted figure like a doctor could be capable of such a heinous act all contribute to the enduring intrigue of this theory. The medical professional theory serves to intensify the chilling narrative of the Black Dahlia murder. 
it paints a disturbing picture of a knowledgeable and methodical killer, someone who used their expertise not to heal, but to kill and mutilate. Yet, despite its enduring intrigue, it remains one of the many unproven theories that continue to shroud the Black Dahlia case in mystery. Another theory that has emerged in the quest to solve the Black Dahlia murder is a potential connection to the infamous Cleveland Torso murders. Between 1935 and 1938, the city of Cleveland, Ohio, was terrorized by a serial killer known as the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. The victims of these unsolved murders were often decapitated and dismembered, their bodies discarded in the poverty-stricken area of Kingsbury Run. The parallels between the Cleveland Torso murders and the Black Dahlia case are chilling. Like Short, the Cleveland victims were often bisected, and their bodies drained of blood. Furthermore, the cases share a grisly attention to detail, a certain signature that suggests the same handiwork. One of the proponents of this theory was Detective Peter Marillow, who worked on the Cleveland case. He noticed the similarities and suggested that the same killer could have moved to California and committed the Black Dahlia murder. This hypothesis was fueled by the fact that the Cleveland murders seemed to stop just as the Black Dahlia case occurred. Despite these parallels, solid evidence linking the two sets of crimes has never been found. No direct physical evidence or credible eyewitness accounts placed the Cleveland murderer in Los Angeles at the time of Short's murder. This theory, while gripping, serves to expand the sense of dread surrounding the Black Dahlia case. The possibility that her killer might have been a prolific serial murderer adds a layer of horror to an already gruesome narrative. It presents a terrifying thought of a roaming killer, moving from city to city, leaving a trail of mutilated bodies in his wake. However, like so many theories surrounding the Black Dahlia case, the connection to the Cleveland Torso murderer remains speculative, a chilling theory in a case full of haunting possibilities. The mob connection theory in the Black Dahlia case introduces another facet of the shadowy underbelly of post-war Los Angeles. This theory presents the intriguing possibility that Elizabeth Short may have crossed paths with powerful and dangerous figures in the city's underworld. Rumors swirled that Elizabeth had been seen in the company of known mobsters in L.A.'s bustling nightclub scene. According to this theory, Elizabeth's murder was a contract killing, ordered by a mob boss as punishment for an unknown transgression. The brutality of her murder and the public manner in which her body was displayed could be interpreted as a grim warning to others who might cross the Mafia's path. One name that has frequently been associated with this theory is that of Mark Hansen, a nightclub and theater owner with alleged mob connections. Hansen was also the owner of a boarding house where Short stayed intermittently. His name, quite conveniently, was found on an address book in Short's possession. Despite the intrigue that surrounds this theory, solid proof linking Hansen or any other mob figure to the crime has remained elusive. Moreover, the surgical precision of the crime scene doesn't quite match the mob's usual modus operandi, which tended to be more straightforward and less theatrically horrifying. The mob connection theory, like so many others in the Black Dahlia case, paints a tantalizing picture, suggesting a narrative steeped in danger, power, in retribution. However, without definitive evidence, it remains just that, a theory. 
As is true with so many aspects of the Black Dahlia case, the mob connection theory contributes to the complex tapestry of unsolved mystery that surrounds Elizabeth Short's tragic end. Chapter 5 The Relentless Pursuit of Justice The initial investigation into the Black Dahlia murder was a whirlwind of police activity, media frenzy, and public speculation. The gruesome nature of the crime had shocked the city of Los Angeles to its core, and there was an immediate and fervent push to find Elizabeth Short's killer. Under the leadership of detectives Harry Hansen and Finus Brown, the LAPD swung into action. From the start, the investigation was marked by the complexity of the crime scene. The complete absence of blood at the location where Short's body was discovered was an immediate red flag, indicating that she had been killed elsewhere and her body transported post-mortem. This realization not only added an additional level of macabre precision to the crime, but also increased the logistical challenges of the investigation. Despite the absence of a tangible murder scene, the investigators combed through every shred of evidence they could find. They analyzed the dew beneath Elizabeth's body to approximate the time of her placement and meticulously gathered all the evidence left at the scene, which included heel prints, tire tracks, and a cement sack with traces of watery blood. Additionally, the detectives tracked Elizabeth's movements in the days leading up to her murder. Through interviews with friends, acquaintances, and individuals she was last seen with, a timeline was constructed. It was a painstaking process, made more difficult by the media circus that the case had incited. The LAPD also launched an appeal to the public, urging anyone with information to come forward. This resulted in a flood of tips and leads, many of which proved to be false or misguided, further complicating the investigative process. Despite the dedicated efforts of detectives and the extensive resources deployed, the initial stages of the investigation did not yield a breakthrough. The killer remained elusive, shrouded in the shadows of one of LA's most chilling unsolved mysteries. The initial investigation set the tone for what would become a decades-long search for answers, marked by endless speculation, countless suspects, and a case that remains unsolved to this day. In response to the brutal murder of Elizabeth Short, the Los Angeles Police Department launched one of the most extensive manhunts in the city's history. Known as the Dragnet Operation, this monumental endeavor represented the city's desperate attempts to catch the killer lurking in their midst. In the context of policing, a dragnet operation refers to a systematic and coordinated search for a criminal. In this case, the LAPD mobilized a massive task force of officers who fanned out across the city, questioning known criminals, potential suspects, and anyone who might have had contact with Elizabeth in the days before her death. The dragnet extended its reach to the nightclubs, bars, and boarding houses that Elizabeth was known to frequent. The police interrogated hundreds of men, many of whom had been identified through Elizabeth's address book and the various personal letters she left behind. They traced her steps, interviewed people who knew her, and painstakingly constructed a timeline of her final days. This dragnet operation also included intensive interrogations of key suspects such as nightclub owner Mark Hansen and Leslie Dillon, a bellhop with a curious interest in the case. However, 
the grueling sessions under the spotlight failed to provide any conclusive evidence linking them, or anyone else, to the crime. The magnitude of the dragnet operation reflected the city's horror and desperation to solve the gruesome murder. The police felt the immense pressure to deliver justice, not just from the terrorized public, but also from the influential newspaper outlets that were keenly following the case. Yet, despite the monumental scale of the operation and the unyielding efforts of the law enforcement, the dragnet failed to capture the elusive killer. The murderer, like a phantom, had managed to disappear into the vast landscape of post-war Los Angeles, leaving behind a grisly crime that has captivated the world for decades. While the initial years following the Black Dahlia murder were marked by an intense frenzy of investigation and media coverage, the subsequent decades have seen a dedicated, though quieter, persistence in the search for Elizabeth Short's killer. Law enforcement officers, both retired and active, amateur sleuths, and even family members of Elizabeth have continued to probe the mystery surrounding her death. One such person is Steve Hodel, a former LAPD homicide detective, whose pursuit of the case has been notably personal. Hodel came to suspect his own father, Dr. George Hodel, of being the Black Dahlia killer, leading him on a decades-long quest for the truth. Over the years, advancements in forensic science have allowed for a re-examination of evidence collected during the initial investigation. The hope has been to find some overlooked clue or to apply new technology to finally crack the case open. Unfortunately, these attempts have yet to yield the long-awaited resolution. Despite the lack of closure, Elizabeth Short's story has remained alive through numerous books, films, and television programs that revisit her life and the mystery of her death. Her tragic tale continues to captivate audiences, a testament to the enduring intrigue of the case. The Black Dahlia murder remains one of the oldest cold case files in Los Angeles and one of the most infamous unsolved cases in the world. Yet the quest for answers continues, fueled by a dedication that spans decades. It's a testament to a collective commitment to seek justice for Elizabeth Short, the young woman who was transformed into the Black Dahlia, an enigma that has haunted the annals of American crime history. Chapter 6 Developments and Discoveries The Hodel theory is one of the most compelling in the tangled web of hypotheses surrounding the Black Dahlia murder. It stands unique among the myriad of theories due to the personal involvement of its main proponent, Steve Hodel. A former LAPD homicide detective, Hodel shocked the world when he put forward his own father, Dr. George Hodel, as a prime suspect in the grisly murder of Elizabeth Short. Dr. Hodel was a prominent figure in Los Angeles society, known for his intelligence, charisma, and artistic inclination. However, behind this respectable facade, Steve Hodel alleged, lurked a dark and dangerous character capable of committing the horrifying crime. The theory first emerged when Steve, sorting through his late father's belongings, discovered two photographs of a woman bearing a striking resemblance to Elizabeth Short. While it was never conclusively proven that the woman was indeed Elizabeth, the finding was enough to pique Steve's interest and send him on an investigative journey. Steve's detective instincts and personal desire to uncover his father's potential dark past led him to unearth several intriguing connections. 
George Hodel's medical background could explain the surgical precision with which Elizabeth's body was bisected. Further, he lived in close proximity to the place where Elizabeth's body was found, and his home had a secret room which could potentially serve as a hidden murder location. Perhaps the most chilling evidence Steve found was an old recording of his father saying, Saposanite did kill the Black Dahlia. They can't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. This statement, while not a direct confession, was enough to send a chill down the spine of anyone familiar with the case. Despite the compelling nature of the Hodel theory, it is not without its critics. Some argue that Steve's claims rely heavily on circumstantial evidence, and there is no definitive proof linking George Hodel to the Black Dahlia murder. Yet, the Hodel theory remains one of the most engrossing narratives tied to the Black Dahlia case, intertwining a personal family saga with one of the most notorious unsolved mysteries of the 20th century. It's a chilling reminder that sometimes, the truth may be lurking uncomfortably close to home. Over the decades since the gruesome discovery of Elizabeth Short's body, new technological breakthroughs have offered glimmers of hope in the long-stagnant Black Dahlia investigation. The advent of advanced forensic science and digital technology has provided investigators with fresh ways to re-examine the case, breathing new life into the decades-old mystery. One significant development has been in the field of DNA analysis. When the Black Dahlia murder occurred in the late 1940s, the concept of using DNA in criminal investigations was far from realization. However, in the early 21st century, DNA testing has become a crucial tool in solving crimes, including cold cases. The hope lies in the remnants of physical evidence preserved from the original crime scene. In 2013, it was announced that soil samples taken from the home of Dr. George Hodel, a major suspect in the case, were being tested for the presence of Elizabeth Short's DNA. While no conclusive results have been announced, the very possibility illustrates the power of this technology in potentially solving the case. Another technological breakthrough is the rise of digital databases. Today, Information that would have taken weeks or even months to compile can be accessed in mere seconds. The vast amount of data related to the Black Dahlia case, including original police reports, photographs, and witness statements, can be cross-referenced and analyzed more efficiently than ever before. Furthermore, the power of the Internet has given the case an unprecedented level of visibility. Amateur sleuths from around the globe can now access, share, and discuss information about the Black Dahlia murder. Some of these online detectives have devoted significant amounts of time and resources into their own investigations, proposing new theories and suspects. These technological breakthroughs represent fresh lines of inquiry into the Black Dahlia murder, keeping the case alive in the public consciousness. Despite the passage of decades, the mystery of Elizabeth Short's untimely death continues to intrigue and captivate, with the promise of new technology offering potential pathways to finally uncovering the truth. The legacy of the Black Dahlia murder stretches far beyond the boundaries of a single crime. It has embedded itself into the cultural fabric of Los Angeles and the collective memory of true crime enthusiasts worldwide.
The enduring fascination with the case is a testament to the chilling nature of the crime and the enduring mystery surrounding Elizabeth Short's tragic fate. One of the key elements of the Black Dahlia's legacy is the continued public interest in the case. Decades after the murder, the story continues to captivate imaginations, fueling the creation of numerous books, documentaries, and films dedicated to exploring the mystery. From James Elroy's fictionalized novel The Black Dahlia to Brian De Palma's film adaptation, the story has become a cultural touchstone, invoking a sense of morbid curiosity and fascination. Elizabeth Short herself has become an iconic figure in true crime lore. The Black Dahlia moniker, bestowed upon her by the press, has taken on a life of its own, becoming synonymous with the allure of unsolved mysteries. Elizabeth, once an aspiring starlet seeking fame, is now forever etched into the annals of criminal history, her name evoking a mixture of sympathy and intrigue. The case's legacy also extends to the impact it had on the field of criminal investigation. The Black Dahlia murder highlighted the challenges faced by law enforcement in handling high-profile, complex cases. It exposed the limitations of forensic technology at the time and prompted advancements in forensic science, DNA analysis, and investigative techniques. The case's enduring mystery has also inspired a legion of armchair detectives and amateur sleuths. These individuals, driven by a desire for justice or simply captivated by the puzzle, have dedicated countless hours to studying the evidence, proposing new theories, and searching for elusive clues. Their efforts have kept the case alive, ensuring that the Black Dahlia's story remains an integral part of true crime discourse. As time continues to pass, the legacy of the Black Dahlia murder remains an indelible mark on the city of Los Angeles. It serves as a stark reminder of the darkness that can lurk beneath the glamour of Hollywood, and as a haunting symbol of a crime that defied resolution. The case's enduring legacy is a testament to the power of a mystery to transcend time, captivating the imagination and forever etching its mark upon history.